0: So I'm having Danielle and Lauren Lee interview me for Pop's first birthday, which was yesterday, October thirteenth. We're celebrating one year. Um, we're about 35 total episodes in. I think 27 of those are interviews, and I'm really excited to be here with these people. These this is um, part of this is my life design team, and they've come a long ways in helping me to start this project. They've been instrumental in its growth and its taking off, and they seem to know me pretty well, and so I figured I would trust them to ask me some questions that are very purposeful about um, what one-year people purpose has meant for my life and others and kind of what the vision is in the future um, and ways in which we're all growing and experiencing people of purpose. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to them to run the show.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for that very nice introduction. And it's so great to be here talking to you, Tanner. Um, we've seen you kind of grow People of Purpose from over a year ago when it kind of just started off from an idea and you've really seen it through. And it's really amazing to see how many guests that you've had over the past year and also sharing your purpose with not only us, with our life design team, but with the world.
2: Yeah. yeah and um, I think just as a beginning, we just wanted to introduce ourselves and kind of um, share some stories of how we met. Um, So me and Tanner actually um, were teachers in Thailand, um, but we were in different uh, regions in Thailand. But every weekend, Tanner would come um, to Chiang Mai, where I lived, and he would play Frisbee with us. And he would stay over for the weekend. We would always play Frisbee and then eat dinner and then go out or just hang out and play board games. Um, And that's really where our friendship started. Um, I remember that one night we were in downstairs and we had like a really long conversation, a really intimate conversation. Um, and that was the first time I really got to know you and learned about your, um, more of your, more about your purpose and also, um, like your your Yosemite, um, your your Yosemite story and how that kind of led you down this path. And so our friendship really continued after we came back, you know, you came to LA a few times and we played a lot of frisbee, you met some of my friends. Um, And then you were up in San Francisco one day and then I decided to visit my sister at the same weekend and then that's how
1: you met Lauren. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember we met in Hayes Valley in San Francisco. We met at a small little coffee shop. Um, And I knew that you had a lot of great wisdom and a lot of insights just meeting you with your energy and everything. So I feel as if that's kind of where our life design team started. We really had a conversation over tea and breakfast. And I mentioned, you know, Design Your Life. It's a book by two Stanford professors and we all decided to read it. And then that's how your People of Purpose started. Um, So let's start from there. Um, You know, obviously you've been living a life of purpose, it seems, ever since you were very young. But tell um, tell us why you decided to start People of Purpose. Um, the
0: podcast and and well thank you for the like those warm memories like uh, i haven't thought about our our early memories in such a specific way in a long time um i definitely remember meeting danielle um at the beginning everyone was hyping me up or hyping her up to me saying like see someone you need to meet you you guys met so much and i think it was like two months or something i went without ever knowing you but i'd heard about you a bunch i think you said something similar that
2: no,
1: I remember too. Everyone was telling me to, that I needed to meet you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it's
1: an energy thing. People know when people are meant to meet each other.
0: So interesting how people kind of first, first saw that we would have a really good friendship. Um, and then, yeah, coming back, like when, when you introduced me to your sister and we had that amazing brunch and after, after I, yoga. We, had, we had this really powerful like Kundalini yoga class, um, <laughs> I knew we were off to a good start. And I think it's, that was like maybe the origin of people of purpose in many ways is like I was in Thailand and I was writing my blog and I had been doing that for I think 15 months and like 17 entries each one's like 10,000 words it was like pretty pretty big but it was all about me it was all about my experiences and then once I realized like there's other people that like have senses of purpose and I can do something to serve them with the people I know then I started to think about a podcast because it's a medium to ask people that I look up to some of these questions and to share it with people like you who are searching for purpose and people like me. Um, And I just realized that people are hungry for this sort of wisdom and I'm not the one who like holds the keys to all this wisdom. I I learned through other people that are further along in the journey than me. Um, And so, once I saw, like, there's people like you in the world and other people I was meeting afterwards, um, I, I started to realize that I need to go further than just talking about myself and what I'm learning. I need to also share what other people um, are putting into the world that's super beautiful and grand and and introduce people to new role models um, across tons of different walks of life um, to make it more relatable for them. And I was also just hungry for not, for wisdom and knowledge myself. I was a little bit at, cross, at a crossroads of what to do next. A new chapter needed to happen after Thailand. I didn't know what that was. I became pretty much a nomad for 15 months debating between law school and teaching school. And I had people from previous places in my life I needed to reconnect with. And I just thought there's a dual purpose here. So let's start a podcast. And mm-hmm. I was really shy to start one because it's a pretty big deal. Um, but with your guys' encouragement, I eventually started one.
1: Mm-hmm yeah and it's been great to see that Mm -hmm. so you talk a little bit about how you know after you came back from thailand you were kind of wandering for 17 months i know you went to new york and you went to canada and you went all over on road trips um but the one constant was really having this podcast finally and i can't believe it's been a year already um so i'd love to hear about what you've learned over the past year 365 days 30 something interviews what have you what have you learned
0: I've learned a lot of stuff it just it's very dependent on each guest um, I think I've learned that I'm really hopeful and optimistic about where the world can go with these kind of people leading the charge and how you have so much power and agency to change the direction of your life um, when you attach yourself to these ideas and these people um, and really buy into a process of transformation um, and so I think that I've been very um, open to being like mended and like um, kind of shaped and molded by by what I'm learning from my guests. And it's causing me to experiment with new ideas and beliefs and try new resources and take on new m- mindsets for the week. And I, I can go into any specifics you want for that, but that's like a general um, you know, area that I tend to grow in is what people that I interview are telling me, I take that mindset into the week and then I come away with new learnings um, that I reflect on. So I grow a lot. I've also become really hopeful for how other people can really experience um, these conversations I'm having. It seems like almost every week I get this really inspiring message from somebody from that I like kind of loosely know or like know through somebody and met one time that is like, I've listened to all your podcasts and they're amazing and I'm struggling with this issue where I'm like in a job I don't like. But recently I took this trip to South America and now I want to start building schools. Um, how can I get started? Like people are asking me these like really big questions. Um, and so I guess I've learned that I can make an impact in the world if I just put in that extra work to make my, this content shareable. Um, and it continues to motivate me to do so. Um, Yeah. Any specifics you wanted to ask about? Because, I mean, every guest has, like, its own, like, little unique niche, whether it's, like, something related to religion or spirituality or mindfulness or teaching or professional development um, or starting, like, um, environmental initiatives or, um, yeah, any of those things. And each one I definitely learned from.
1: I mean – I'd love to hear about maybe an example of something in terms of, you know, a lot of your guests, you know, really emphasize mindfulness. I'd love to hear um, something that you've learned in terms of mindfulness or meditation and what you took from that guest and how you applied it to your life.
0: Yeah. Um, It's hard to remember all these details at this point. I think one of my most recent, I think the most recent interview I've published, was with Andy Gonzalez. And he has done this major thing to start um, mindfulness meditation programs as after school alternatives to detention. And he's done it in inner city Baltimore is where he started. Now he's in, I think 30 some cities on his program called the Holistic Life Foundation. And he did a lot to teach me about how meditation can become this like community activity that can transform um, the inside of a community. It, it doesn't have to be this isolated individual thing where you go to the mountains or a monastery and you receive enlightenment. Um, he believes we already have the enlightenment and it's about like uncovering all these things the world has put on us to distract us from that enlightenment. Um, and when you do like operate with that inner light, you infect the others around you with it and then through love you transform the most like internal aspects of that community and so he's been able to turn around schools by like working with the students with the most behavior problems and like reversing the statistics to where like 95 percent of them drop out of high school to where like only one out of 20 drop out of high school and that's doing a lot to transform their family because they're leading meditations for their parents and their cousins and their brothers and people in jail in their life. And it's really cool how you can like transform a community through mindfulness. Um, and that's kind of where I would like to start heading is um, I'm pretty secure and solid in my mindfulness practice. I've done a ton to um, develop my own. I did a 10 day Vipassana meditation course. And I shared all about that in one of the episodes. Um, and personally, that's been like the most transform- transformative thing I've done in the past couple of years. Um, but now that I have that, I don't just want to keep it like I want to kind of make that shift like I did with the blog to the podcast. I want to make the shift from like my own meditation pr- practice to creating a community of people that meditate and build into each other's lives through mindfulness.
2: Have you um, like as a teacher, have you tried to implement that with your kids? I saw in a post that you like started doing yoga after school. Is that
1: how
0: yeah.
2: kind of have you have you tried to implement that in other people?
0: Yeah, so I've been really supported in that, actually. Um, I, yeah, I suggested we start a yoga and mindfulness. I wanted to focus more on mindfulness. I mean, I called it like Superhero Mindset, an after-school um, club. And it got approved, and now I'm co-leading that club. Um, and it's recently started, so I can't really speak to like the impact it's having yet. But um, it's pretty hard. I'm definitely realizing that it's really hard for 6th, seventh, 7th, seventh, and 8th graders to really buy into this whole process of I'm going to sit down and, like, watch my thoughts. Um, we're just at the very beginning stages, so we're having them, like, color at the beginning of class. And we're trying to keep them, like, physically active through the yoga poses because I think that's, like, a good way for kids to start to buy in. And even that, they're, like, really embarrassed about going into down dog in front of their friends and stuff. Uh, but yeah I'm hopeful like over the weeks that we'll be able to get to where um, we're more in the like mental and emotional realms of the practice rather than just the physical part Um, but it starts with the physical like that was one thing I learned during my yoga teacher training is that you have to like um, create unity within the physical layer of the body before you can relax enough to go inside and then the next step is like Um, catching your racing thoughts and like pausing them to where you're like becoming metacognitive about those thoughts and I mean that's a skill set that's really hard for us to learn and we're in our 20s and 30s and um, what do
2: you mean by physical unity
0: um, I mean that you've, like, found a sense of calm. Like, you don't need to, like, move your body around crazy or you don't need to, like, fidget a bunch or you don't need to, like, dart your eyes everywhere and see. It's like removing the, like, attachment to the external world and moving inward. Like, that requires you to, like, find stillness. Um, and I think we're still at that stage with my club right now is finding that, like, physical stillness before you're going to go inside.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. It seems like you're really busy. I mean, not only being a teacher, but starting the mindfulness club and everything else. But, you know, as human beings, we only have 24 hours in a day. And, you know, you're doing people of purpose. It's not like you're getting paid to do it or anything. But I mean, as a human being, you could be doing so many other things. Why is it important to, like, why is it important to have this podcast out there? Um, When at the beginning, you didn't even know if one person or 10 people would be listening to it. Um, you know, and now, you know, it's grown, but why, like, why, why, why is it important for you to have this podcast of all mediums too?
0: I mean, I, I think deep down, I feel like this is my greatest calling besides maybe being a dad, which is like hard to know because I haven't ever been one. Um, I think that like, this is my greatest calling. Like there's this really, um, internal sense of like, this is what I have to do like, no matter what it takes this is what I have to do. And then um, that feeling I get when I connect with people um, through the podcast uh, makes me feel like it's not just about me. It's about other people. Um, And I think that this is kind of the area that I feel the most qualified to to speak on or to breathe life into. And I have a lot of people that have bought into me or invested in me. um, That's I'm able to bring onto the show and it's, it's become more than just me now. Like I've, I've put up these, like, um, I've put out these, these wishes that are starting to manifest and I have to follow through on them or else the project dies for a lot of people, not just me. Um, so I think that there's like an immense amount of learning that can take place in this and I'm not done learning. and. I still have curiosities and the podcast is like such a medium to find those curiosities from the wisest teachers I can find. Uh, and I still have many other p- teachers that I want to have on the podcast. Um, and it's, it takes dedication and commitment to get to the level where you're having some of these people that, um, you know, charged hundreds or thousands of dollars for their time to come on my podcast for free. Um, and so I'm still in the early stages of building this thing because, um,
1: yeah. yeah, and you talked about commitment. I think you talked about that in one of your Why People of Purpose episodes, and that really stuck out with me when you said, I think you said something along the lines of um, try something new, try a podcast, and commit to it. Like, I know for me, I, I, I start things, and sometimes I just, I don't even do it. But it's great that you've really stayed committed to People of Purpose, because I know that that's hard I'm on top of everything else that you have. So um, that's really great that you've been able to do that and, and, and stay motivated and I think, it goes- I
0: think I think there's these moments in your life that I'm sure you felt them where when things are still and calm and balanced and you can like actually examine what is like really feeding into your life um, every time people of purpose has just come screaming at me as like this is something that's like living and breathing and needs to like be fed um, because it's wonderful it's beautiful it's like um, it's on its way to great things and it's continually bringing great things. And I don't even know what those things are. I'm not like this huge vision person necessarily, but I definitely like to take advantage of you know, like spontaneity and serendipity. And, um, this podcast is like such a medium for those things to happen. And like, now I have an after-school club that I'm being trained in by two of my former podcast guests, Barb and Robin. Um, who've given me like their little booklet on like superhero mindfulness for kids. Like, I would have never thought that I would be doing something like that. Like people of purpose has brought that. So yeah, like when you sit back and reflect and you notice how much goodness is coming into your life and you hear about the goodness coming into others, like you just feel compelled to keep going.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and yeah, and going off of that, um, you have one year down and you want to keep this momentum going how do you um, or what have you and what do you have in mind for any goals for the second year of people of purpose
0: yeah i want to start making um, a shift to creating community from the podcast Um, i think that's always been part of the mission but i think that's an area that i haven't quite figured out and i think a big aspect is i haven't really been in a community for since thailand (laughs) um and so and I'm brand new to the San Francisco community and I don't have a lot of people right now in my life that know me so well. Um, but I would like to find people who are hungry to be part of something bigger than themselves and to, um, find a sense of like unity in our, in our like search for purpose and we can help each other in that. So, I mean, I envision, I don't know if it's going to happen in the next year. Um, but I envision like where we can have small groups of people that are facilitated by me and maybe I like lead some lessons and I organize the operation. But we're like very vulnerable and honest about what it is that we are here for and trying to accomplish and what questions we're asking, what weaknesses we have and what's not serving us and what goals we have. I would like to create a community of people that like can speak to each other like a tight-knit family or like best friends and Um, I think that all the pieces are there to start doing that. I just need to be the one that organizes it. Um, So I'd like to just start with some individuals to see how that goes on an individual level, working with somebody to grow them, and then to create a group of individuals that I'm probably working with individually, but together we're able to meet maybe once a week, once every other week. And um, it creates like a support group kind of environment. Um, I'd also like to have some events, too, where um, we have, like, a round table And, like, and like I like having more crowds to the podcast experience. I think that would be really interesting. Uh, I recently did my last interview in front of a group of seven people watching us. And that was cool to, like, have people there. And they were submitting questions on sticky notes while I was just, like, interviewing. Um, Jace was his name. He was this amazing, like, 19-year-old who was, like, going to become the next, like, Gandhi slash Michelle Obama type of person. <laughs> um,
1: wow,
0: and, Gandhi and
1: Michelle Obama. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's like a hybrid of those, too. Um, but, yeah, like, having people interested in, in that enough, like, that's a good way to um, deepen the experience for the listener. Because right now, in a podcast form, it's a little bit isolating in a way because you put in your earbuds and – for an hour, you have to kind of separate yourself from socialization with other people to listen to people of purpose. And it's a good thing to do, obviously, but I would like it to become more than just a podcast. I'd like it to become like actual people getting together for a purpose.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's something that a lot of people, you know, everyone's behind their phone these days and people are just like, there's so much going on in the world, obviously, but to be able to create a community Of People who are like-minded, but also bring a diverse set of like backgrounds and and, and visions and
0: goals and
1: experiences. That's a really beautiful thing.
0: Yeah Like I'm not ever gonna be anyone's like expert like sure. I would obviously That's another goal is like I want to become like a life design coach help people to design their dreams and make them come reality by doing like deep inner work finding like inner richness and beauty and gratitude within and I can help people with that. I feel confident about that. But as far as like the specific situations, I don't know how to help people who are like dads or who are like um, maybe minorities or immigrants or like all these identities that I don't really have in me. I think that in a group setting, those different identities and the diversity of identities could really become impactful. Like that cumulative effect um, would go a long ways. Mm-hmm.
1: What about someone like, you know, with people of purpose, I think a lot of young people struggle with purpose in their life and not just young people, but people from all walks of life and all age, all ages, you know, you could be in your fifties and still trying to figure out your purpose. Um, but like, how, how do you like, how do you help someone who's trying to find their purpose in life, their meaning in life? and feel like they're, they're down on their luck or they can't figure or out, they feel stuck, they feel stuck mm-hmm. or they can't figure out a career path or, you know, with romances and relationships and they just don't feel as if they have a purpose. Like, how do you like, you know, how do you, how do you help them through that?
0: Yeah. I think I help them recognize that, that they're fully worthy of love before you're going to get love from a partner or from a job or a boss or friends, like you need to love yourself and you need to know that yourself is enough. Like you have all the gifts within you, you have a genius inside and it's your goal to like unlock that. Um, And there's little glimpses of that throughout life that everybody has. Even if you're incredibly depressed, you have these moments where um, you feel passionate and I think that you should search within that passion. Like, what is it that makes you feel fired up to get out of bed or to shift to a new activity that you love? Like, what is it that inspires you about being with people that match your mindset? And then find that commonality amongst your passions. And I think that's kind of where the root of your purpose may lie. Um, and I, I think we all have a little different purpose maybe, but the general, general concept of purpose is something we all, I think, share as humans. We feel this compulsion to do something greater than just for ourselves. Um, and so whatever your mediums of expressing that feeling are, really search into those and put more of those in your life, whether that's people or hobbies or um, experiences. And... Um, and as you put more of those in your life and you reflect on what it is that's energizing you so much um, and what that com- commonality or universality is to those, um, those passions, I think you've, you start to find your purpose.
2: Yeah, yeah. like in, that, in our, the Design Your Life book, we have that activity where we write down everything we do every day and we write down how much it energized us. And that's exactly what you're talking about. It's 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 we want to do the activities or the uh, the jobs that make us excited about life. And that's exactly um, how I think it's a good way to
1: go about this. Mm-hmm. Um, Not only that, but I think it's just once you identify it, it's getting rid of fear. And that's what you've mentioned in your podcast. We were listening to it today. It's just. Under you know, not being afraid of trying something like fear is something that really sets us back as people. Like I know I'm victim to that sometimes. Like I've done it in my in my life. I've been scared and so I don't do it. But you've really, throughout many podcasts, you've you've said you know, even though you fear something, you just do it, and that's something that really has stood out to me um, with your People of Purpose podcast.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think you got to overcome fear. Um, if you allow fear to be the ceiling to your potential, you, you like limit your potential. You only scrape the surface of experiencing your purpose. Um, because I think to fully experience your, your sense of unique purpose in the world, um, you have to break beyond what anyone else has done in that specific purpose. Um, you have to break barriers that you have to fight people who are saying no to you you have to um, maybe change who your like friendships are you have to say uncomfortable things to people Um, yeah but I think like ultimately I have started to realize like the more I'm led by faith instead of fear um, the more I realize like fear Like the greatest fear I have is to be run by fear. Like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that really limits your potential. And so, yeah,
1: is that something that you've kind of learned over time or over the past year?
0: (laughs) Um, I I think I I think my Yosemite accident really changed my viewpoint about that. Um, I mean, I was living a life that was like good, and I was like pretty happy with my life. I was definitely like. Distracted by certain things, wasting my energy on others. I was like not treating my relationships the best. I was not really ever fully committing to anything um, because I want to keep everything like going. Um, I didn't really have like a strong purpose vision for my college experience, and that was bothering me. Um, I definitely had like a lot greater sense of like personal pride or ego. Um, I wanted to prove to people I was cool. Um, and I think like lots of 19 year old people are in that, yeah. um, but like after I almost died, I'm like, I probably should have died. And I was sitting there reflecting all night long, um, like first alone for a few hours and then on a stretcher for like the last seven hours. Um, I just realized like, I almost lost it all. Um, there's so many little things I can be grateful for. And those little things are gifts, um, that, I like, I feel a deep obligation to like, what the world experience and whatever it takes to get there, I'm going to get there because that's what the world needs and deserves. And that's like the person I was made to become. Uh, I don't need to keep like security and personal protection and all this like identity, um, pride. Like that's not the forefront of, of what's a priority like anymore. Um,
1: yeah sometimes it's interesting how a near-death experience can take us to that place and it can really change our lives
0: yeah I mean I wasn't scared of dying anymore I still am not scared of dying like I know that if I were to die today like I'm I'm happy with the impact I was able to make in my time like I am living intentionally every day and I couldn't have said that when I was 19 I have been able to forgive people I've been able to say sorry to people I've been able to um, direct a, a, like a nobler life now um and i've like definitely deepened my faith with um like in god and like heaven and jesus and all these sort of things that um i was raised to believe in but like they've become something that um i actually have know or experience or like deeply hold now um so i feel i feel protected by those things and through faith, I just can move through fear now and I'm okay to like go without a home for a while or go without money or, um, sleep outside or be alone in a scary place or all these things. Um, I think they're like enlivening They're adventure. They're a rush. They're like a thrill. Like oftentimes like going to fear is like the closest thing you can go to, to feeling like fully alive as well. Um, so I recommend people to like go towards fears. Um, also, like, Tim Ferriss is a big role model of mine. And uh, he gave his TED Talk on fear setting. In um, that um, idea, you basically write down all these things you want to do, and then you keep track of, like, what, what the worst-case scenario might be if you went for those. And then you can even go as far as to, like, be a, a stoic person and go out and live out those worst fears. Um, and then once you face them, you realize, like, the greater fear is not going for the dreams or like the life that I know I could make for myself with the hard work. The greatest fear is like complacency about like not caring about what you accomplish in the daytime, about not like feeling in tune with like this universal love and peace and joy that is accessible to us when we're living in purpose. Um, And so recognizing that like going without that is something I fear above, like whatever, like temporal fears exist is, uh, it's a, been a powerful like reframe for me mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. and ever since I mean oh, wait, what gonna say? and ever since your accident you've kind of been living in that space of um, fearlessness you know like having faith instead of fear and just going for it
0: I mean um, it's not like I'm unrelatable now though like I'm definitely yeah. still like a person that feels fear I still feel like the chest beating I'm, like I'm generally in tune with my like sense of mindfulness and i mean i've i was telling a story in front of 200 people on a stage the other day and my name got drawn out of the hat here in oakland and when i was going up there i was like oh my god i'm about to tell my story about yosemite and i don't know anybody here uh, I felt tons of fear. Like, what am I going to say? Like, what if I can't remember my story anymore? Like, what if I, like, pace like crazy? What if I, like, knock over somebody's, like, it was a tight room and stuff? Um, so I still feel it. It's not about, like, the feeling has gone away. It's about the choice to, like, act on it has changed.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh. Oh. And when And when you take that, when you take these leaps of faith or in the face of fear, how do you evaluate it? Like, how do you know that's worth going to be worth it? Like moving to San Francisco, how do you know it's going to be worth it? Or, um, being a vagabond for 17 months, that's a risk too. Like how do you evaluate it and, and how do you kind of reflect on it?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. I like that question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I think you have to stay aligned with your, your, original vision um of why you're doing that thing so it's finding that like sense of purpose over that decision and so for me I wanted to I didn't necessarily want to move to San Francisco I just knew that I needed to be somewhere in which I could get a license a credential a master's degree to become a teacher because if I never get those things I'm never going to be seen as a Legitimate teacher to get like to get started and then also Even if I could become a legitimate teacher I wouldn't have anyone like train me the way that this program is set up So I didn't move here to move to San Francisco. I moved because Thailand wasn't a place where I was gonna grow in My medium at that time of expressing my purpose um, I didn't have a podcast like you mentioned my podcast still has no revenue it's not something that you can just like flip the switch and all of a sudden you're becoming super rich from a podcast. It's, uh, it's playing the long game sticking with that original vision. So maybe in four or five, six, seven years, like I can be making like a very nice living off of the podcast. But in the meantime, I want to be a teacher and I want to be the best teacher and maybe I want to be a teacher forever. I don't know. That's too hard to think about. Um, but I want, yeah, I needed to get educated probably in the U S to do so. Um, the rest of those things are just details. The original vision is I want to become the best teacher I possibly can. So I'm going to make the move. And yeah. I just also have this part I talked about in the white pop that I stay in touch with relationships that like those relationships are not dependent on my physical proximity. I have so many people that I FaceTime and video call and message and I'm in groups with, and like when I was a vagabond for, um, 15 or 17 months. I um, I went and saw like so many significant people throughout my life that like everything is rekindled again. Um, so I'm not like fearful that I'm like necessarily losing relationships that are important to me. If And that's fine to put things to the test. Like if a relationship is not, is just for a chapter of your life and it falls away, like that's what happens. But if I fed into it and that person fed into it and it no longer serves us the way that that it can or should, then like, I guess it's okay to end. Um, I do a pretty good job at not doing that. And I tend to accumulate a lot of relationships to where I end up spending like an hour. Um, I like kind of batch these things. Like when people send me messages and emails and stuff, I'm like working and studying. I'm not replying right away. And then it gets to like 10 o'clock and I think I'm ready for bed. And it's like, 11 o'clock and I'm still sending people media links and that like are relevant to what they're asking about and writing people paragraphs in response to their questions and um yeah sending voice memos and stuff like that
1: when you when you decided to come to California or I guess in general in any decision that you make do you think it's all about following your intuition or is it important to kind of like balance that with reality um I'd love to hear your thoughts on that
0: yeah, um, reality has been an interesting thing for me to think about. I've kind of been in denial about reality um, ever since I was a debater in high school. I just saw everything as a social construct. It's not reality. It's a social construct. And <laughs> but like as I've gotten older, I realize like social constructs are inextricably tied to reality. They make reality. Reality is you need to like. Be qualified to be hired somewhere and you need to get a paycheck to like pay your rent and all this sort of stuff especially
1: in San Francisco yeah
0: (laughs) so I think that's like a little bit of a reason I'm probably behind professionally is that I've been in denial that I have to live a life aligned with reality (laughs) because to me reality is like we are sharing in sense of communal purpose and like we Have time to like build into each other's lives and like we'll share resources as needed and I was like I lived my idealized reality a little bit for 15 months when I was vagabonding like I Don't know my takeaway of that was in the end. I need to like actually be self-sustainable and I can't just like sleep on people's couches and like never really establish roots anywhere so I think that I do have to use intuition to find out where I'm going next, and then I have to use the tools of reality to get myself there. So I need to get like letters of recommendation, and I need to practice interviewing skills, and I need to um, access like my network to find out people I could talk to to get me in the door. Places I need to call up recruiters and ask them really purposeful questions. Um, I need to go to the place and feel out how I feel in that space. In San Francisco, every time I've been has felt like a place that I'm in a really good headspace. Like, I'm, it's a place for, like, rapid growth for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I guess all that together, like, I have some sense of intuition, um, like, a ton of intuition, I think, uh, applied to it um, as the start. And then the tools of reality are what propel me into getting to where I originally wanted to be.
2: But also, like, all these people and places that you've been to, even though, like, you say that you're behind professionally, these are all life experiences, and I think they're part of our, our story, and, like, how, what shapes us into who we are today, so they're nothing that's, like, it's not, like all of these experiences you had, they're, they're positive influences, and, like, they're... They're there for a reason, you know, like the people you meet, they're there for a reason. Oh, of course. The places you've been to,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. And even, like you said it in one of the podcasts, it's like you met someone at a tournament in the Philippines and then like you were playing frisbee and then you have your housing in San Francisco now and in a beautiful space. Like, I really do think that everything is intertwined and we meet people for a reason, you know, in our yeah. lives. There are no coincidences. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really um, like that too. We're all teachers to each other, you know. Um, in this
2: lifetime. And we wouldn't even be here today if it weren't for us going to Thailand at this happened to be at the same time, you know? So I think it's it's just so interesting to see how um, like one experience, one shared experience can really uh, like form like a really good relationship for, for like a long time, like a lifetime.
0: Definitely, so. yeah. I hope we have a lifetime relationship. Yeah. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <That's> an honor <laughs> that you want to have one with me. <laughs> We'll see that. No, I'm kidding. But, like, I think that, like, society, like, a lot of, like, Western society has that backwards. Like, they say that you need to first, like, go to school, get your education, get a job, build a career, start a family. And then when you retire, you go do all these things where you find yourself and your sense of purpose and you relax and unwind. I mean, I think that you need to have a season before you get rolling on all these responsibilities that you can never go back on to really like investigate yourself to do deep inner work on yourself to build that inner richness before you can expect outer richness to like fully be there. Um, so when I got to college and I was meeting all these people that took gap years, those were the people I ended up being attracted to as like friends. Um, because I think they had like a greater sense of intentionality to how they were navigating college. Um, and they had these rich experiences that, I wanted to learn about from. like I'd only lived in Kansas my whole life at that point. And then I go to college in Minnesota and I meet, um, all these international students and people from other States and people that, um, like my college best friend roommate drew, um, spent a year, um, split between teaching English in Morocco and trekking from Maine to Georgia on the Appalachian trail like this guy knows a lot of things about life like I know about how book how books work and how papers work and I know like what kind of salaries exist for certain career paths and everyone's asking me what I want to do for those like options like here's your limited menu of options and I'm like I'm not interested in any of that Um, I don't know what I'm interested in why am I paying money for college right now but like that's what society sends you to So when I had my first chance to go do something like rich in experience like that, I went to Morocco for my study abroad semester and just totally opened my eyes to how there's so much like uh, more impactful, like personally impactful learning that takes place when you do something that makes you feel alive, puts you out of your comfort zone, makes you like reconceptualize every perception that you that you have. Um, and, like, really gets to, like, the core of, like, who you are and what you stand for and believe in and, um, yeah, like, test your fears, stuff stuff like that. Like, school doesn't do so much to inspire in that way. I mean, work doesn't tend to do that either for people. Um, So I think you need to have a season. I don't know how long it needs to be necessarily. For some people it can be a few months. For some it can be several years. Um, I mean, definitely took me a while. Um, Before you should start to go on these things where you become responsible for others. I think your first responsibility is with yourself Um, And most people don't don't get themselves figured out enough or um, There's a lot of wounds people carry from childhood that don't ever get addressed that start to manifest in their adult relationships Um, there's workaholics there's people that Um, are apathetic about working and like work things that are mindless for them and underpaying them. There's tons of different things. Um, I think a huge problem is that people work jobs to collect a paycheck rather than to um, like infuse a purpose. I think that people should be mindful of issues that exist in society and do their small part to um, work against that. And I, I see this as like a big problem for people of our age. People that are leaving college and don't have a sense of purpose in what they choose to apply all their knowledge, wisdom, and skills to. I, I want people of purpose to be an interruption in that where it, when they become part of our family community um, or even just a listener, they start to reconceptualize things and see like, oh, the greatest joys in life, the, re- the real wealth, it lies in living for others. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think you realize that when you go out and you live for yourself first
2: yeah Mm -hmm. wow yeah that's definitely Definitely agree yeah I think yeah I think we all go through seasons and like and it's like this period of time where you're learning more about yourself and you're learning um what you want to do and what your purpose is but I think some people try or like they feel pressured Mm -hmm. just to go into the next phase of their life because they just graduate college or something like that so I like that piece of advice that you give
1: It's just having these seasons that that really shape you and nothing can replace life experiences like adventures that you go on the people that you meet and like yourself included that's that's part of the adventure of life and I mean I see it too people just like go to college you know start their job you know and then they you know you know they think that they have all these like milestones in their lives but I think that you know, as we like open up and we hear different points of views and we hear different, you know, like people that inspire us like you and some of the other guests, it's like it opens people's eyes and minds and hearts and souls and energy to like different types of experiences that we can have.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, most people don't make it past that first barrier, which is the fear that there's like this fear that if you don't get yourself a job when you're 22 or whatever, you're never going to find one. Um, yeah, like. You're not married by this certain age. You're never gonna get married. If you don't have kids by this certain age, like, I mean, I'm really inspired by people that are able to think outside the box of that. That have passed stage one of like the fear, and now they're into the zone of like, whoa, like there's this whole new beautiful world that's available for me to experience now. Is like um, a child of adulthood, I guess is a maybe way I would (laughs) think about. it's like you have childhood you graduate from childhood and then you're expected to like compete with the adults in the world um and because young people usually can't we feel a sense of like unease and like not not being worthy and um the solution given to us by adults is like put your nose down and keep trying harder but like i think that you need to you need to have like an internal motivation first and that comes from understanding your sense of purpose. So you do need to go out and try things. You do need to be comfortable to fail. You do need to overcome those fears because as you do that, you're going to do that in your adult life over and over. Like, you will be the model for the life you want to live. And then you'll like make that model for others. And that's a fulfilling life. Um, And then you'll also probably be really good at that medium in which you fulfill your purpose and people will pay you for it Um, And like that's where real change makers lie. They go outside the box Um, Their voice is expressed they stand up for what they believe in in the face of adversity Like all my heroes and role models and people I tend to reach out to are doing something very authentic to who they are
1: Who are some of those people?
0: Oh, I mean, mean, I'm
1: sure there's a long list of people that you admire. And I know that you're a reader as well. And, you know, you do so many things. I mean, are there certain people? I mean, and I'm sure you'd want them on your People of Purpose podcast one of these days.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I mean, every day it's new people that I'm introduced to. Um, I mean, yesterday I got fascinated again by Jesse Isler. You guys introduced me to him. Yeah, watched him on his interview with Impact Theory. And that was just incredible to hear how... I mean, he's ten times better than me at, at pushing through fears and going into the world of the unknown, like at full speed, doing the most high-intensity things. Um, like. And he
1: all, he always talks about building your life resume. Yeah. Like, it's not about members and yeah. and what you accomplish. Like this guy is like is you know has founded so many companies. He's done great things like he's written three books and everything and he always talks about the life resume
0: yeah um, which is so that aspect of him really resonates with me right now thinking about um how important experiences are um i also think like if you've been following the people of purpose facebook page uh, jay shetty has been a really important figure for me recently um i think Mm -hmm. he has done an incredible job at transitioning from being a monk for five years into being like a viral media um, person who's really interrupting what what we're kind of told we had to believe. Um, he's doing it in an extremely convincing way. Um, he recognized...
1: Yeah, he introduced us to Jay Shetty. And then after that, I started watching all his videos and everything. And I thought, wow, this guy is really, really cool. Like he has some... Some great videos out there. So, I
0: think he's only like at the beginning of what he's going to do in this world. I, I feel really special that I found him early and I really pray and that he'll respond to my Instagram direct message yeah. <laughs> at some point. So,
1: Jay Shetty is on your list of people that you want to interview, Jesse Itzler. So, shout out to those two people if they're listening to this. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I would love those two guys for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I think Jay Shetty has a lot of things figured out that I want to transition people of purpose more into. Um, he's, he does a lot to, to like share what he reads, the wisdom from what he reads. And he also like has a lot of, um, understanding of how important media is into like how it captures our attention and like in many ways kind of brainwashes us. Um, and he wants to use those tools of media to be able to like bring us back into ourselves, um, by seeing ourselves there on the screen. And his words are—he's like a, such a gifted storyteller. Um, yeah, like when I was just sharing about how like we don't need to be married at a certain age, we don't have to be graduated from a college at a certain age, we don't have to have a job at a certain age. He has like a video about that that I've been sharing with a lot of people recently, um, where he like comes and interrupts like some old like traditional English school of kids that are listening to their headmaster say like at 22 you will have your bachelor's yeah, yeah, degree. I yeah, like he comes in and interrupts that with a super powerful message. And I think, I think he's got a lot figured out and he's a young person and he came from mindfulness. And I think I come from mindfulness in in many respects. So that's really inspiring how he has figured out his own sense of purpose and journey through mindfulness, through doing like being in a like monastery for five years in India um, Mm -hmm. to coming out and being this like big personality that, I think it's getting a lot of recognition. Um, yeah, those are probably two people that are very top of the list. Um, other people like authors, I've read their books recently. I, like, I really want Bob Goff. I think he's super cool. Um, mm-hmm. He is all about like the unconditional love for people. Um, and regardless of how much energy or time you have, you should always choose to to like give more love because love never has like a ceiling to to what it can become. And by doing so, he's like brought all these really interesting people into the fold and he's become like this really big social justice person, um, helping out with like places in war torn areas. He's just built schools for kids that no longer have a school because they've been bombed. Like in Iraq and Uganda and um nepal a few other places i would love to volunteer for his organization i'd love to like meet him i want to be friends with him he's also like a law professor um he lives with a tremendous amount of faith and he tells those stories in such a beautiful way so i'm really envious of the way in which he can express his life experiences in a way that's really um impactful on a reader and universal i guess I'd like to learn about how to head in that direction. I need to like write a book one day.
1: Yeah, I can totally see doing that. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this is just, even though it's been one year for people purpose, do you think this is just the beginning um, of a great journey ahead?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I made this promise to myself in the end of my summertime in Kansas. So I think that was May. Um, I had just come back from five months in Thailand and Asia in general, and I came back to my hometown in Topeka, and I had been like dialoguing with this listener who I didn't know at all. Um, he was sending me messages and we were talking and he introduced me to his stepmom for an interview and then um, I set that up. And when I got to Topeka and we met each other at the mall, <laughs> um he just oh, like, all yeah. Yeah. Uh Westridge Mall. Um <laughs> That was like really amazing that I was greeted so warmly by somebody that doesn't know me, but just had this look in his eye like, you have done so much to transform my life. Like thank you so much. I felt like I was like this like celebrity personality that's like someone's hero that they're meeting. And it was like the first time I ever felt like that. Um and listening to him talk about how the podcast has impacted his life and how he thinks that it's like top-notch and um, I don't know all that stuff like the quality is is worthy of greatness he was essentially communicating um, and then he was, like asked me what I'm doing next how I'm gonna be a teacher and getting me a masters and he's like you have to like you have to realize that this is like going to become a major thing like if you keep this up and you keep finding these kinds of guests and you keep asking these kinds of questions to people and you keep living out purposefully in a way that you can express yourself so clearly like you do, like you are going to be running around with people like Oprah. I was like, I want that. I want it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so like, I think that day he's like, no matter how hard this program is for you and how much time it takes, like you i i I would highly suggest that you don't let this this project die because people of purpose is something that i've never seen before it's an incredible thing that you've started it's definitely your own thing and um it can become so much more if you allow it to be and keep watering into it Um, and so like i think after leaving that meeting i promised myself that um, the grander vision is the people of purpose vision teaching in Bayview at the charter school and getting my master's is, is steps and tools in the process of learning about my sense of purpose. Um, but the grander vision is about people of purpose. So yeah, mm-hmm. the beginning.
1: This is just the beginning. I love and it. I know for, for me and Danielle, I know that we can see it in you. And so um, yeah. it's, it's an honorable and, and, and amazing thing that you're doing. Um, so we, I guess we want to just wrap things up a little bit. We're, we kind of want to do a rapid fire question Q and A with you. Um, if you don't mind, um, we've loved this conversation though. It's been great, but, um, yeah. we're just going to do this just a little bit for fun to, to wrap things okay, up. Okay. Are you ready?
0: I'm as ready as I can be.
1: <laughs> All
2: right. Uh, let's see. What's one personal item that you can't live without.
0: Hmm. I always seem yeah. to have uh, um, <laughs> a medium to write upon, like a phone or a pad or a pen, something I need to keep writing on. Okay. Okay.
1: If there's, if you could interview one person in this world, it could be anyone. It could be Jesse. It could be Jay. It could be Oprah. Anyone. Dead or mean, alive. Dead or
0: alive. Man, that's so hard. <laughs> um, this is rapid fire. Um, Dead, I would want to interview Jesus, and Alive, I'd want to interview probably Barack Obama. <laughs>
2: okay, I like it. Um, this is one of my favorite questions that I like asking people, but um, what is uh, the best class you've ever taken?
0: Mm, that's really hard. Um, I think philosophy of yoga, I and mean, when I was in Rishikesh, India, was really transformational to me. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, we, I love, I love that story. three hours I love like that. discussing, yeah, how energy moves through the body and how the chakras are experienced and metaphors for how like life is yoga and yoga is life. And uh, I don't know; it's hard to capture like right now, but we would just have. Three, a three-hour session every day for like thirty days, it was really deep metacognitive stuff we were talking about.
1: We could probably talk about that for another three hours mm-hmm. <laughs> about your experiences there, but we're gonna move on. Um, if you could tell me your life's your life's purpose in one thought, what would it be?
0: What do you mean by thought?
1: Maybe just tell me about um, like what is what is your life's purpose? Um, maybe in a few words or a, a few, few sentences. Words.
0: Um, I need to be a conduit of God's love by accepting mm, everything that I am and also opening myself up to learning and challenges um, with things that are different than me. Um, And then I need to take that knowledge and wisdom and use my, my, my gifts to live purposefully. And I do so to help other people fulfill their purpose and um, their unique potential.
2: Beautiful. What is a favorite place you've ever visited?
0: Man, that's so hard. Um, For a sustained period of time, I would say Chiang Mai, Thailand, um, has really special memories for me and is a place I keep coming back to. Um, But like a really magical place is this farm I have gone to called Organi KH Farm in um, Sisapan area of of Cambodia. So it's like an organic farm that has volunteers from all over the world. And they have hammocks and a library and you do work like creating plants and And uh, you play with kids, and you learn all these languages, and you have these deep discussions, and you eat amazing home-cooked food, and you literally, like, build a house. It's all, like, local, sustainable. It's very um, utopic for me.
1: Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. I've been back three times.
1: um, Finish this sentence. In 10 years, I see myself.
0: In 10 years, I see myself, I would be age 37 at that time. Man, whatever I say now is going to go deep into the psyche and stick with me. So I got to be really purposeful with what I say. Um, in 10 years, I see myself being a father of two children. <laughs> um, teaching people how to live their fullest life experience, um, and facilitating um, like amazing community in places around the globe. Um through retreats or something like that. <laughs>
2: cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> one final question. Okay, one final question. Um, it's a little op- more open ended and not so rapid fire, but um, what is your definition of love?
0: Ooh. I think love is. Is when you care deeply about something outside of yourself. When you um, are able to capture something that is like the grandest feeling that exists on its own outside of you, but you can be a conduit for it to someone else. And you can, that person all of a sudden can have a lot of love. I think love is something that, um, is like the highest thing we should attain to, and and can be passed around um, without any conditions on like what kind of merits that person has, or what kind of um, decisions that they've made, or background that they come from. It's it's something that's grander than than individuals. The Bible says God is love, so I like thinking about it like that too.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was a great conversation yeah. that we had. and I mean, honestly, thinking about it from day one when we kind of just started chatting about it till now, it, you've really... Come a long way. Come a long way. Yeah. And just learning more through the guests has really been like a true blessing for me at least just to listen to your your episodes and to learn and feel connected to more people and feel as if I have more purpose and like really forcing myself to um, strive for that, to really live a life of purpose outside my own life um, and to live a life of gratitude and joy and, and, and peace as well. Um, so I want to thank you for that.
0: Yeah. Thank you for like building so much into our <laughs> relationship. Like it feels like, you really trust me with a lot of your um, deepest, like into insights and intuition and mm-hmm. some vulnerabilities. And it's been really great to be able to go through that journey with you Lauren.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Danielle, and what have you
0: experience being part of I
2: like, I like how I'm um, learning about you and learning about life um, through your podcast at a more deeper level. I feel like your podcasts are just so personal. That it's, I feel like you're there with me and you're there being our, like our coach and our cheerleader along the way of like whatever we're going through. And so, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just been a, it's always, a it's always been a pleasure to listen to your podcasts, um, on my commutes or, um, just talking to you just because you just have a lot of wisdom and just a lot of life experiences that you could like share with me and I really appreciate it. So. So thank you for
0: that. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Like, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I didn't know our relationship would evolve into this kind of intimacy um, and like interconnectedness and meet your sister. And like, seems like a lifelong thing we're on right now. Um, yeah.
2: Well,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Like I couldn't be here without the support of you guys. Um, yeah. Prouding me along as I've gone through this and I share the struggles and the, um, hang-ups, but also, like, um, you guys are giving me, like, good questions to be asking, good um, directions to be taking it. Um, feedback. You're constantly, like, the people that give me feedback. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, your level of engagement over, like, my project um, or our project is pretty amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know that something like this would come from people of purpose.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and it's only the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> People of Purpose. <laughs> All right,
0: thank you so much. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Perhaps the most helpful, inspiring, and uplifting thing that you can do is leave your feedback. I would love to hear from you how People of Purpose is impacting your life. It's so energizing to know that someone out there in the world of the internet is listening to this thing we're creating. It's hard to know how the project is doing when there's not an audience in front of you you, to give immediate feedback. The weekly personal message or the occasional review is the most inspiring part of producing and publishing this show. It's oftentimes the most inspiring part of my week, but we need more. Let me know what's resonating and what could use some improvement. If you have new ideas or a question you'd like to ask me, please don't hesitate. This is one instance in which you can exercise your personal power to shape the show. Consider yourself our freelance consultant. And don't forget, if you want to sign up for the POP newsletter or become a volunteer, please reach out. Email us at peopleofpurposepodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com or leave a direct message through our Facebook or Instagram pages. Thank you for your support and listenership. And here's to becoming...